And we're back, dude, with another episode of the podcast you wish would end, but it will never. A cynical optimist, dude. What's up, man? How has it been since the last time we sat down and chatted? Huh? Doing my little check-in with you. How you doing? You doing all right? You not? It's okay, because we're here. We're all in the one collective hive mind of a cynical op, all right? We're here now. We're we're legion. We're 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 few, but we're here, dude. All right. So, um, got a few new listeners. Appreciate that. I don't know if it's Spotify or you spreading the word, but either way, shout out to the new listeners. This is tight. Um, I've got a fucking catalog. Obviously, you can you can look back through. So, I welcome you. This is a this is a safe space. You know, nobody will judge you here. Um, mainly because I don't know who you are, but, but still, I wouldn't judge you. Um, so dude, we are post Super Bowl pre Valentine's day, you know, uh, watched the Super Bowl with my family and I was like, don't give a shit who wins, but I just don't want the chiefs to win. Why you ask? Well, dude, because all right, look. I'm a little pissed, okay? I get pissed at, like, things that I shouldn't be pissed about, okay? Because it, it doesn't matter. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. But there's there's a couple things, dude, that I don't like. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't want winners to win, okay, dude? Like, you winning, and we, we spoke about this last week. If you fuck with me, you understand where I'm going with this. Dude, when I see winners win, I'm like, yeah, okay, they're winners. They're going to win. Look, nobody writes a movie about a good-looking dude or or a beautiful girl who just has no problems and keeps on winning. Why? Because there's no struggle. There's no story. You just keep winning, okay? Nobody wants to see that shit. People want to see stuff about the underdog who didn't have it, who nobody bet on him, and then in the end, he showed him what's up because, guy, that's our reality or most people's realities, you know, where it's like we hope – for the day that we get fucking th- uh, get uh, get thrown a bone, you know what I mean? Like that uh, that we have our day. That's the thing. So when you know you you hear the Chiefs win, right? You go, okay, well it's scripted, right? Because why not the fucking exact team she happens to be dating? Now, are the Chiefs any good to the point where they could clutch that win? Sure, maybe. Fine. Have they won Super Bowls in the past? Past? Yeah, sure, maybe. Okay. But still, dude, come on. We all knew what the fuck was going on when she started dating this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, it's just what it is. Now, I don't really care about football or sports that much. It was it's not in my DNA. You know what I mean? I do get hyped during playoff games when I'm chilling with the homies. And, I'm, and it, it does get exciting. I get the draw behind it. But to be in the early, like, dog days of it all... Nah, I can't do it. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And like, if somebody gets to my face, like, fuck your team, I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, I guess. Because, dude, that's how I am with a lot of shit, dude. Like, I wouldn't, like, fight for my team. You know what I'm saying? If somebody was like, your fucking team sucks, I'd be like, you know, sometimes we do. Yeah, you know, and also your team sucks at times, you know? Collectively, they all can suck. You know, and then once in a while you get a win, right? <laughs> but my thing, dude, is just, yeah, they were set to win because this this girl is dating this football player. 
And you're like, oh, wouldn't it just be so fucking sweet if they won and they kissed underneath the confetti and he's fucking, he's on top of the world. She's on top of the world. Isn't this a great fucking story for people who went, yes, dude, okay? But that's not what I'm, that's not what I want to see. You know what I'm saying? I would have loved that they lost and, and then <laughs> I wanted to see her reaction to that too, but but see, she would have came down, nurtured him, taken care of him, and then, dude, her fucking numbers would have boosted through the roof. Guy, you kidding me? She's, like, consoling him after a lot. Dude, through the roof. They would have won fucking cutest couple in high school. Like, with, without a doubt. But they won. And, you know, of course, he gets a big payday. She just fucking, whatever, gets to... My boyfriend won the the fucking biggest game. So it's great. And, you know, and, and okay, real quick, let's address this right at the gate. Let's get it out of the way. Obviously, dude, another person who you're like, yeah, cool, let's find your winning, Drake, right? Let's talk about it real quick because you know what I'm going to talk about. Drake puts like uh, 1.5 or 1.2, 1.3, whatever, for the Chiefs to win. Yeah, okay. He wins $2.3 million. It's like, yeah, that was nothing for Drake to to put up. What what are you saying? He made that in one row of his concert easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, $1.2 million is nothing to this guy. So you're saying this guy bets a lot of money and then ends up winning a lot of money? Cool, but then does he also have to? Does he also get to have a apparently a huge cock? Because your boy's not gonna watch. Look at that fucking photo or video or whatever it was that was leaked. But you hear it obviously throughout the whole fucking internet, and you go like, "Okay, cool. He gets to be rich and have that." No, dude, it's not. That's not the story you want to hear. Okay, started from the bottom. Now we're here. He wasn't really at the bottom. Sure. So his whole life he's just been winning, you know what I mean? Has this guy had faced any struggle? What is the bio the biopic gonna be about? Oh fuck. Sometimes my dick wasn't that hard all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh fuck. Sometimes I was like close to being under 10 million in my bank account. Like nobody wants to hear that story, you know? They get painted as I mean, dude, if they fucked up the Biggie and Tupac uh biogra- uh biopic movies, they're definitely gonna fuck this dude's movie up. No question. So all, all of it all just to say, like, cool, don't report that the fucking winners are winning. We know this. We know this. We understand this. We know that they're going to win. They're hardly ever going to lose. Even when Drake gets memed, dude, it's a win for him because then that just means people talk about him more. He's trending more. The dude could have a dog farting on an album. Double platinum. Double platinum easy. You know what I mean? Easy. Meanwhile, Kendrick and J. Cole got a fucking, you know... <laughs> have a <laughs> you gotta have Andre, uh, Andre 3000 fucking play a flute over the album and hopefully he gets a Grammy you know what I'm saying but Drake just like nah let that dog fart on that track and then just fucking you know put a Metro Boomin tag in front of it boom double platinum easy but anyways dude we're post Super Bowl who gives a shit we're moving on pre Valentine's Day and you know what I'm saying? It's we're in that we're in that sweet spot of February where it's like this is supposed to be Black History Month, but nobody's mentioned a thing, dude. But whatever, man. Let's let's move it on. All right, let's move it on to bigger topics. We're moving on. That intro, I don't know where that came from, you know, but it, it was there. And you know, dude, on this app, 
I'm not super topic heavy, but these are, you know what these are? These are like thoughts that have popped into my head and I go, like, I'm going to fucking talk about this on the pod. I'm going to dis- discuss this because I need to know, do you think like me or do you not think like me? And if you don't, what are you doing here? I'm kind of suspicious of you. Okay. A couple of things that ran through my mind. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go down the list. We're going to do this down the list style. Okay. So I had this, uh, I had this idea, not this idea. I had this thought. And um, uh, if you're human, which if you're an alien, shout out to you for finding this frequency and uh, hopping on the pod. I appreciate you. But um, I was thinking about moments in my life where I don't know if like you've ever left a job, left a friendship, left a relationship, kind of cut ties with like a time in your life where you were like, I don't know, looking around and you've just felt like so much has changed that like you got to go, right? And for me, it was, you know, my last job that I worked where like when I had started it, I loved it, right? This was at the time it was my dream job. And and in in a lot of ways, it kind of was my dream job, right? Because like I've never really... I've never really had any fucking clue of what I wanted to do, right? And like, I uh, let's let's sidebar this real quick. I found I was cleaning my garage this past weekend, and I'm going through all the shit and going through boxes like stuff I never unpacked. And you know, I find my uh, find my high school yearbook, and you know, as I'm looking through there, and I'm looking through. Uh, some of the people I went to, you know, high school with, I go like, dude, there was people there. I didn't realize it, but there was people there who clearly knew what they wanted to do with their life. Even though they didn't think they did, I felt like they did, you know, because some of them went on to be, they followed like medical, um, mainly because at my school, they had this like medical little wing that they added to, I don't know, get people in uh in a rough area like a chance to like I don't know make it out and but still like only the pe- like people went there the people who went there were like very smart like you really couldn't get in if you had a GPA bef- like in middle school to like yeah it was no way and so I was looking at those those people and like dude they look so they look so like together, you know, and even though maybe some of them weren't like, like I knew some of the smart people and they were, you know, just as crazy or maybe, I don't know, just did wild shit sometimes. They still looked together. And I think like maybe part of it was like family life. Part of it was like a very normal life. And so, even though in high school when they decided to cut loose, they, they were still very much put together. And so I'm looking at this yearbook and I'm like, dude, these people look like they knew what they wanted to do. You know, like the, like not popular, but just they were, they just looked like they had it together, right? And these were the, you know, the little smarty arties, right? And so then I look at my friends and I look at the people I knew and I was like, dude, like we just were in the moment we were just there it was clear we were living each day as is like 
The only concern for like me and my friends and people I knew from the school was like, please fucking graduate. Just let us get those numbers, you know, because you look at the people in gold and they got, well, that's what they, uh, people who from high school that graduated, if they did like exemplary work, they got like graduating gold, right? And they got tassels and whatever, you know, the, the shit that people, you know, uh, get when they <laughs> gave with shit in high school. They have chess clubs or they got, well, I don't think we had a chess club. I don't think, fuck, I don't even know if anybody in my school even knew what chess was, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I joke, but like, fuck, dude, I didn't see one fucking chessboard at my school, dude. <laughs> Maybe they had it and I just wasn't there, but, um, yeah, man, like, I look at those people and I go, like, fuck, they knew what they wanted to do with their life, and that's cool. Like, now I think that's cool. Then I was like, fuck it, tomorrow's not promised, I'm just gonna do me. And then, like, I realized, I was like, oh, well, I kind of felt that way because I couldn't fucking, like, concentrate, I couldn't, like, pay attention in class, so my thinking was like, fuck it, I can't focus here, I'm gonna be what I am uh, as a person, or I don't know, you know? But my grades were okay. I wasn't a complete fucking idiot. But, like, um, I think my motivation, too, was, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, fa- I don't want to go to summer school. That was my complete motivation. It was, like, I don't want to go to summer school. I want to graduate with my friends, the, like, my class that I've gone with, you know, from elementary to some of the people and it's a middle school. I want to graduate with these people. That feels like the right way. So that was my real motivation. I just didn't want to get left behind, you know? I want to graduate with the class I don't fucking know. Like, what the fuck are you people? And that's kind of, you know what? Actually, let, let's bring it all together. Let me segue back into my thing. And with high school, on the ending days, you start to look around and you and you know it's over. Like, you know you can't be here anymore. You know that... Like it's it's so crazy how like it's a it's a home for you. For some people, it's great. I understand some people didn't have a great high school. That that's understandable. But like, it's this thing where in elementary the next step was middle school, and in middle school the next step was high school, and then after high school, that's completely up to you. They go like, dude, fucking do whatever you want, but don't fucking stay here. Get the fuck out of here. We already. The, the state has already cleared you from our responsibility. We got the fucking tax incentives to, you know, keep pumping more kids up. But you got to get off the fucking property. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. And, um, <laughs> dude, I'll never forget now. Like, I'll never forget. We were at this uh, ceremony of, like, watching back, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, moments in our high school year. But really, it was like they gave one bitch a camera and was like, take photos and this bitch took photos of, like, all her friends and, like, like she was like, oh, let me take a couple photos of some weird people I don't know. And uh, so, so anyways, we're, the the thing finishes and this dude, like, he stands up and he's like, well, and he doesn't stand up, I'm sorry. He just, like, announces, he goes, like, what do we do now? And it was, and it killed, dude. Like, he, everybody laughed. It was great. I was like, fucking should have got that. But, um and it was so true though too man cuz we had we had we were getting we were inching close like to to the end and you're like man what the fuck do we do now you, you like the feeling i'm talking about is like you might not maybe it just happens to you i think that's what's what's supposed to happen you're supposed to get this feeling of like 
man, everything's different. What am I, I can't be here anymore. I got to go. Like, this isn't for me anymore. You know what I mean? And like, you, you might as you might have felt that. And like, I'm just giving you my experience, obviously, like maybe you had a different feeling, but my feeling was like, oh, fuck, man. Like I've only, I've been in school this whole time. I've done what they've told me and then, and not done what they told me. But now this is like completely up to me now. And I don't know what the fuck to do. But meanwhile, you had the other kids who were trying and and were really smart and knew what the fuck they were going to do, right? You heard people talking about going to college and, like, all this shit. And I was just like, okay, I'll go to college. But maybe that was just, like, through the the comfort I needed to, like, feel like I was doing something again. I don't know. But you go to college or you find out some people are like, no, I'm just going to go to – I'm just going to work. I'm going to start working. I'm going to, like – I like I can't afford college or I can't like I, I was already doing bad at school. So people were just like, I'm just going to do that. And like, you're like, damn, you're not going to go to college. You know, there, there starts this thing where you're like this, this is where it changes now. And then people are just gone from your life. And it's crazy because y'all were so tight in high school, but y'all weren't really that tight because they just up and left and you weren't really trying to stay and communicate. So, I mean, we came in at a, at a sweet spot because like, my you know as a millennial like my generation like really took hold of the internet and like we ran with it and that's how we stayed in contact and even to this day like you know i don't have all of my fucking uh, you know high school friends and stuff from uh you know but you know there's a few that are on and you see them and then there's some that like were like not about the social thing after a while so now you can't even fucking find them anywhere and that's fine, dude. You know, the, the, if you feel it that way, that's cool. It, it's all good. It's all up to, like, uh, the person. But, you know, I uh, I was I was thinking about that where it was – there is that moment. And I know I said this, like, I don't know, two or three times. But, like, I, I guess now talking about – finding that yearbook and seeing all that shit that's one of the i think one of the first milestones that you feel that in where you're just dude what you know i I gotta go now like this is it you know and so later on i get this what i what i considered a dream job of mine because like i said like i didn't know what i wanted to do this was my whole life was skateboarding um and then I find this culture that like supports that. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to work this job. And it was great. I mean, in the beginning, dude, I couldn't even fucking lie to you. I loved it. It was like, I felt like for the first time I found people like me, um, in a job, you know, that, but then I also got to like sell the stuff that I loved. Like I got to be around it 24 seven. I got to talk shop about this and I love that. I, I honestly did. Um, and, you know, it took me to a lot of cool places, met a lot of cool fucking people. Like, I couldn't believe I had, like, phone numbers and emails to some of these people that I've met and got to be really cool with. Uh, it was, I mean, without a doubt, an experience. And, like, I remember, like, the fifth time I went to this this annual trip of mine, like, some pros and uh, some of these company heads, like, would recognize me. And it was cool. It was it was fucking amazing. I mean, honestly, dude, it was great. It was like, it was one of those things that like, 
I guess when they talk about like making contacts or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. I just wanted to be cool with these people. And, and what was great was, you know, I've heard stories of, uh, people who used to work for the company were so, became so tight with other, uh, with other, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, owners of these companies would get jobs and move out to California. Dude, it was great. Like, honestly. And, you know, and then I hit like 25, right? Cause I got that job when I was 20. I turned 25 and I'm still pretty hyped, but I'm like, okay, there's been like a lot of change. And then as time goes on, I get a little, uh, I don't know. I start to become like a little bit more jaded with the job because then it's like, I'm starting to get older. The, the stuff that I was okay with accepting two years ago, three years ago, you know, starts to change the people around me change. You know, a lot of the people I started off with left and I was, you know, basically being surrounded by a bunch of a crop of new people every year or every two years or whatever the case is. And I came to a point where like one of the last meetings I'd went to for this company, it was Zoomies, right? I mean, we all know this. um, I've talked about it before. So one of these last like manager meetings I went to, I, I was just like. I don't know any of you fucking people and this is weird, you know, because I I had worked with a, a set group of people in one district and then we got moved and then it was just, we were like three hours away from our closest store that like, so it was like we never saw each other. So when we go meet, it was like, it's hard to be cool with people that I only see once a fucking year, you know, it, it's just like, but whatever. And so I get back from that trip and, and like I'm thinking and, and I and I have that like moment too where I'm I'm just thinking and I'm like, I think I'm done, you know, like I think I'm done here. Like I think I did it, right? And a part of me wanted to go on with that company. I wanted to like move to uh uh where was it? Uh where are they located? In uh Washington, Washington State. And I wanted to move there and, but you know, I was, I was torn. Um, and then, you know, I, I didn't, obviously I didn't end up going and well, I mean, without going to too much detail, like there was, you know, finding out about the job. I don't know. I, in hindsight, I felt like I should have gone just to give it a chance just to like see what it was like, but you know, I didn't make that move because by this time I was like, am I just going to experience more of the same, but I'm just going to be in a different state, which is also cool. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's going to be like, it's an experience and it's great, but I just didn't know if I could like do the job anymore. So like, you know, I had this moment of clarity where it's like, I think I'm done here because like, how much more could this change? How much more, how much longer would I have to put up with what I'm doing? Which it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad company. It was just, could I do this for another like 10? You know, that's the, that's the question. And so I think it's like, it's okay, man. I think you, you have to, you can enjoy something. You can, you can enjoy a job. You can enjoy a relationship, a friendship, but if it starts like if it ends up not serving you in the long run anymore, I think it's okay. I mean, it has to be okay for it to like end or for it to come to a stop because that's just what it is. That's just what happens, you know. Um, 
But I think you yourself will come to that conclusion. Because if you're okay with what you're doing, who your friends are, the relationship, you you might not have that moment, right? And And I'm not saying like it's supposed to be a moment you're supposed to have. I'm just saying I think like you know when it's time to go, you know? And it's sad, dude. You know, it, it's sad because it's like you've been a part of this thing for so long. And um, I mean, dude, I I can like very lightly equate this to like a show ending. I mean, dude, when fucking Boy Meets World ended, when I was fucking watching that show, when that shit ended, I was destroyed. I was like, what the fuck? What's going to happen next week then? Like, who's who's coming on after that? And when fucking Friends ended, and when uh, Seinfeld, and when fucking uh, The Office, you know, and as of recently, I just rewatched How I Met Your Mother, and I was like, oh, torn apart, dude. A fucking, you know, when a bear tears somebody, that's what happened to me. Fucking Swiss human cheese, dude. Just not even Swiss, but like shredded. Shredded human cheese, dude. I was, I was, you know what I mean? But, like, that's a good thing because, you know, it's got to end. It, friends, how I met your mother, it couldn't go on forever because it would just it would just suck, you know? It has to end. It's got to end, right? So some things have to end. And I'm, I'm not fucking preaching to, like, for you to do any of this shit. Like, I'm not saying, hey, it's time to end that relationship. No, I'm just saying... I think there's times, I think there's moments in everybody's life where you'll just, you'll, you'll know, right? You'll, you'll be hanging around, sitting around and be like, yeah, dude, I think I'm done here. Like, it's great. It's not bad, but I think I'm done here. Like, there, I think this is the furthest I could go. And, you know, man, that's, that's the type of shit that happens, I think, in life. And I was having that thought and I was like, yeah, man. Um, Dude, so I uh, I finally, look, I, I've given, I've almost given up on the MCU. I feel like a lot of people have to, right? And, and, I, and I stick by it, dude. I'm like a fucking, it's like the MCU is a friend who gets drunk at parties or at the bar and he fucking acts a way. And then when people are like, are you with this dude? You're like, I mean, yeah, man, but like. You know, I'm not trying to, like, pay for any damage he's caused. Well, you guys need to get the fuck out. And you're like, thanks, MCU. Fuck, you know. So, like, I mean, but see, the thing was, he was a good friend when he started. But then, like, he started drinking too much, you know, and then he just got got out of hand. And you're like, man, you're not fucking consistent at all. You're all over the place. You know what I mean? You're you're dropping fucking actors like crazy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I need that water break. That fucking, that rant before caused a desert in my mouth. Hold on. So I'm trying to stick by the MCU, man. I really am. I'm like, I know you're there. I know what you're doing. I keep tabs on you, but, you know, if there's an event, man, I'm not going to invite you. But, so, um, the the Marvels, right, the movie. Gets announced, it's coming out. Oh, dude, they can't. It's like a field day for guys to fucking. And let's admit it, guys and and haters of the uh, MCU, 
to fucking just already trash the shit out of this movie, right? Mainly because I guess one time Brie Larson pissed off a bunch of dudes, I don't know, for a tweet, I'm assuming. Um, But I'm like, okay, like, can we just move it along? But for some reason she has this thing. Like, dude, Brie Larson was just like an actress in movies, just did her thing. It was nothing. She sends out this tweet during a moment in time and people were like fucking devour her dude and it's still sticking by her i don't know why but whatever i think she's great um you know what i mean she's my she's one of the celebrity i mean god dude like you look at her you're like she's fucking gorgeous like personally yeah i think you might not think so that's fine but let's move it on so the movie comes out and i'm like uh well i'm not gonna go see because i'm not really seeing any movies but it comes out on Disney Plus, and I'm ch- I'm gonna check it out, dude. I'm watching it, and my whole thing on it is like, it look, it's not a bad movie. It's not like a horrible fucking movie. You know, when people, I get it. We t- we speak in hyperbole when like when we talk about shit, right? Because it just makes it that much more, I guess, entertaining or whatever. But look, the movie wasn't bad. I was watching it. I wasn't really like entertained. I wasn't taken away on some ride and the story wasn't that great. But you know what, dude? It's not a fucking horrible movie. I mean, it it, it was fine. You know what I mean? Yes, there could have been better parts. Yeah. But look, I think with, uh, their mistake was making so much quantity, so much content that they, they kind of dropped the ball on quality. So it's fine. It's whatever. But look, if they're going to continue to do this, I mean – Dude, this is the biggest fucking franchise ever, I feel like, in cinema history. There there cannot and there is not any bigger franchise that I'm aware of that has put out this many movies connected, shows connected. Like, it's fucking insane the amount of content they have, right? Like, in the 90s, we we would pray, we would hope for like something like this. I know it, dude. Like, I mean, because we would, dude, we would have ate it up in the nineties, hundred percent. It would they would have been every single one of those movies blockbuster hits, dude. You know, and it came at a time when it did, and that's fine. But I mean, dude, like, think about you in the nineties. Like the movies that were even blockbusters were like. They were epic. They were huge. And like what's crazy is like these kind of have that same feeling. But because we're so jaded and we feel like, you know, they should be putting out better, bigger. All of them should always hit because we've had this 10 years. We we, we cherish this 10 year run that they did. And, and we we like loved it. It was, you know, we could never see no wrong in it. And then you know, like, what what happened? End game ha- end game happens, and like uh, these people are like, yeah, like wh- they're expecting that same sort of quality or same sort of story. But I, I think also too, what what we leave out and what I was thinking about is like, there's like a an emotional attachment to those ten years that they did, and so. I mean, dude, think about yourself 10 years ago. You're fucking, you're not the same person today. 
you know, you're younger, you're, you're more vulnerable. So a lot of things mean a lot more to you. And I don't know. And especially this being the first of its kind, I, I, I feel like, although there is evidence to back up that the stories aren't that great, the, you know, the, it's, it's a little, I don't know what the word is, but I'm going to make up a word kind of Drewy, that's not even a word, but you spit it up on the. I made it up on the pot today. It stands, dude. Um, yeah, I think we just get like too. We we just got fat, you know. We we're like kings at the. Just have too much to eat. Really, nothing tastes good anymore. We've had everything that this land could fucking offer, and we're fat, dude. We're fat with content. We're fat with the amount that they can put out. And we're just like, oh, I don't want no more. You're just like, but king. This is the best pig of all the land. You must have this in this wine was picked from the vineyard and it's delicious. And the king's like, no, it's not like the wine I tasted 10 years ago. You remember the one where Thanos snapped his fingers and they made this, they made a series of two movies split and it's like, no, I don't want it. You know, so it's, it's, we're fat kings just tired of like the same shit, right? Although great and although it tastes good to the average man, the king, we're fat, dude. The king is, he's, he's fell, his belly is so full. He has so much sustenance in his stomach. He's just, he doesn't care if he has another bite. He'll fucking throw it away before he has another bite. He won't give it to anybody. Fuck no. Why would he do that? He'll throw that shit away, dude. And that's what exactly I feel like we've all done. We've thrown it away. We've, we've counted it out. I'm fucking, dude, I'm holding on to like, what would be on a king's table? Like just a bowl of grapes, you know? You would have like a bowl of grapes, a, a pig, maybe maybe some sort of a wild game of bird, you know? <laughs> like I don't know what else is on a king's table. Like now thinking about it, you feel like it's filled with shit. But like did they make mashed potatoes back then, you know? <laughs> like did they have – what did they have, you know? But whatever. I'm holding on to a bowl of grapes, okay? I'm holding on. I have faith. Uh, the fucking Deadpool trailer, you know, came out during the Super Bowl. It seems good. Like, it, you know, everybody's saying that, you know, of course, this will save the MCU. But, dude, I don't know how many times I've heard that shit with every single movie. Thor was supposed to save it. Ant-Man was supposed to save it. Fucking, uh, what was the other one that came out? Uh I forgot, dude. I don't know. They every time they were like, "This one for sure will save the franchise." And it's like, then though, did it? Like, anyways, dude. Look, I saw the movie. It's okay. It's not. It's not fucking horrible. It's it's what you get when you put out a lot of content. You know, it's just the next thing. And um, I, I really don't know where they're gonna go. Uh, I'm. I I'm kind of lost to be honest. Like it's it's kind of all over the place. But we'll see, man. In another ten years, we'll see where we're at. Maybe I'll be like on this pot. Like, oh my fucking god, dude! I didn't see that coming. This was better than the Infinity fucking saga. You know, I'll be weeping on this podcast, dude. If um if they're ever able to turn it around, but um I don't see that. I'll see that happening. Oh, no, I do. I do. I, I'm optimistic, all right? But, you know, also I got to be a little a little cynic because where, where the fuck is it going? But, dude, while we're on the subject of movies, 
Um, there's this, um, let me see the director before I fucking, I want to say his name right. I don't want to mess it, mess it up, but, uh, cause there's a couple of directors that I feel like sound the same. They have like the sounds, uh, the same sounding names. Um, oh, come on. You can't get it from that. Fucking had to type out the whole, the director is, no, that can't be. Oh, is it the screenplay then? Oh, Sorkin. There we go. Aaron Sorkin. The same guy who wrote... Uh, what Didn't he do a fucking social network? I thought he did that. Uh, yeah, he did do the social network. He did West Wing. Uh, Charlie Wilson's War. The social... The Social Network, Moneyball, Newsrooms, uh, Steve Jobs with uh, the good one with fucking uh, Fastbender, whatever his name is. Uh, so, look, this guy is a great screenplay. Uh, he did the, the most recent uh, Lucy, yeah, being Ricky Ricardo or whatever, Richard Ricardo. Look, Aaron Sorkin, great, great writer, and um, Moneyball, dude, fucking it's one of my, it's probably like top five for me. Now, if you have not seen Moneyball, I will kindly ask you to probably forward, I don't know, five minutes because that's all I got for this. It's not a movie review so much as it is like I just want to talk about like the best lines in this movie because it's a, first off, dude, Bradley Pitts, dude, Brad Bradimus Pitimus, dude, he's a great actor, right? This is obvious. I'm not saying anything new. But this man can act and eat like fucking nobody, dude. I put I put Brad we're betting Kansas City and Brad Pitt on who can act and eat at the same time. Hundred one point two million on fucking Brad Pitt, dude. This guy can eat act his way. Out of a Doritos bag, dude. Any chip bag, dude. You watch Ocean's Eleven. You watch uh, this movie. You watch... Uh, God damn it, dude. What's the other fucking movie? This guy acts and eats nobody's business, man. It's it's incredible. Like the juggling that has to be eating and... Um, cause, look, it, uh, it's not a spoiler, but if you if when you're watching Moneyball... If you notice every scene, this guy pops something in his mouth, whether it's a peanut, a candy, he's got a drink. He it's almost like he cannot act without it. You know, it's weird, but or maybe it's a thing he likes to do, whatever. So um so if you don't know, Moneyball is based on the real life events of the Oakland A's baseball team where they had the lowest budget in baseball, right? Um some teams had fucking millions of dollars to work with. They had a few, a couple million, okay? Um, specifically $260,000 for this particular season to create a baseball team that wasn't based off of normal baseball uh, degrees, but like just because analytically and statistically these players – we're going to be the players to get on base more, which then equaled more, you know, points. So 
it's it's they throw the rule book out on like because when you're there's a scene where like it's one of my favorite scenes in this movie where they're sitting around it's it's Brad Pitt uh, as as the as a general manager and and a bunch of the scouts and in this movie they actually had real scouts in there to like talk shop right to because I mean you could you could hire actors but I mean who's better than the people that actually do it and it's crazy because you don't think that this goes into baseball but. You know, the scouts are like, always oh, a good pitcher, but his girlfriend's ugly. And they're like, well, what do you mean? They're all like, no confidence, you know. So they, they, they equate that to no confidence that like if he has an ugly girlfriend, <laughs> then he's not really confident because he's, he's allowing himself to date an ugly chick or something. You know, it's crazy. Um, then there's like, oh, this guy, he's a great uh, whatever catcher, but he's also he has problems off the field. Uh Obvious, obvious ones are like injuries, like elbow, knees, whatever. Like those are obvious to me. Like, yeah, okay, like you can't really invest in somebody who's close to breaking down. But like just the shit that they were talking about, like, oh, this guy's good, but he can't ride a bike, you know. It, it was literally – it sounds literally just like that. They're like, no, this guy's a great pitcher, but he can tie a, a fucking cherry stem with his tongue. Like we don't need that shit on the field, you know. <laughs> like – Dude, you know, it's like this guy, he's a great first baseman, dude, but he never got his driver's license, you know? It's like, what? What does that have to do with baseball? But in this scout meeting, it kind of that's what they're basically talking about. So anyways, you know, he yeah, he links up with uh this character Jonah Hill plays uh in real life. He, he was a he was basically like an uh, a statistics guy where he like he he valued players based off of how they actually played, you know, and um, so they created this team, and you know, w- without so I don't want to spoil too much because I honestly think you should fucking watch this movie. It's 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 one of my top fives. It's one of those where like, I mean, dude, you get I get lost in it, man, just because of. It's not a loud movie. It's very one of those movies that's like kind of quiet, but it's but what's happening in the quiet is also like intense. Um, and then when it's loud, it needs to be loud. It's like necessary. It's great, dude. Uh, like that's one thing I I think about when I think about this movie is like it's not loud. No, it's loud when it needs to be, and it's quiet, but it's powerful in those quiet moments. So it's really good. Um, and so I guess um, there's two, you know, there's two things that always stick out to me in this movie. And you, and you can skip this if you want because if you're going to watch it, I definitely want you to get fresh eyes, fresh ears on it. But because it's the pod, I got to do it. But there's this scene, man, you know, um, the Oakland A's are going for the all-time winning record. And, you know, they get it. It's 20 consecutive wins in a row, and they get it. But how they get it, right, they were uh, 11 to 0, uh, and they kind of lose a lead, and, and you think they're about to lose. And, you know, Chris Pratt, who's playing the, the baseball player in this case, you know, he hits a homer, and it's and they win the game, and it's great, and you feel that moment of, like, the reason I love this movie, dude, is because it is an underdog movie. Hands down, number one. That's why I love it, dude. If you don't know by now, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna hear the story about the winners. I wanna hear the story about the losers 
who fucking, again, everybody doubted. And this movie, it's so good because there's so much doubt. There's, there's, there's people telling him, you know, Brad Pitt, that this is not going to work. This is not the way you do things. You're going to lose. You're going to embarrass yourself. But he's staying the course, right? And I, I love that, dude. I love the, this might not work, but this is what I've done and I'm going to see it through, you know. And nobody believes in us then. And they're not going to believe us now. So why the, what, what do I got to lose? You know, so uh, Chris Pratt, you know, it's it's one of the close to the ending scenes. And, um, you know, man, it's this moment because um, Chris Pratt's character, like he's an injured player and like his days of, you know, playing the position he used to is gone. And, you know, you see that like, it's not about, you know, this is a small part of, of the movie about his life where he's like, he's, he doesn't know what to do after baseball. Like, I, I can imagine, like, you've dedicated your whole life and now you're stuck in this moment and somebody gives you an opportunity to play on a team just to even collect a check. You fucking go up to the bat and you hit a homer to win the game, dude. Like, I think like very few, hopefully, I don't know, dude, if all, but like there's those moments, man, where like you're down, you're out and you get a win, man. And like that's got to feel so incredible to just do something that that high. I mean, it's just I'm I'm sure it carries you on for for years, you know regardless if anybody remembers it's just a feeling you get you're like this is it man this feeling is great so he hits his home where they win the game they win 20 games in a row it's this huge title that the a's have right because the boston red sox or the yank it was it the new york red the new york Sox, whatever one of these older teams from the 20s like did like 19 wins or some shit and they and they beat them so now they hold the record the new record um, so it's great, you know, and the movie ends on, man, this, this, this line where like, uh, Brad Pitt's character is then, you know, later offered a job at another, uh, I think this time for the Boston Red Sox. He's and he's offered by their owner, a huge amount of money. Apparently would have made him the highest paid general manager in all of sports, right? This is an incredible opportunity. You know, he decides not to take it. He decides to stay with the Oakland A's and and kind of continue working on what they're doing. And so in this scene, dude, this is my favorite scene. In a movie, I mean, there's I have a lot, but this one, when I watch it, I don't know. It's just so fucking good. It's powerful, man. It's like, anyways, Jonah Hill goes in to like, um, show Brad Pitt, you know, the characters like they have a, uh, I guess every city that has a major also has a minor league team, I guess, uh, for po- uh, possible prospects. I don't know how it works. And, uh, there's a scene where, He's showing him footage of a, of a previous game that just happened. And Jonah Hill's telling him, okay, this guy, he never runs to second. He always <clears throat> he always goes to first. Like He's just trying to get to first. He's a bigger dude, so getting to first is like a challenge. 
Plus, but by the way, I didn't even know you could be like a like a bigger guy and play baseball, but apparently you can. So um, Jonah Hill's talking about this guy. You know, he he hits the ball, he runs to first, and he trips, dude, because he's for the first time he's ever gonna try. He's gonna attempt to run to second base, but he falls and he trips. All his worst nightmares have come true. He fucked up, and and he's like crawling back to first to first base because he's like, fuck, I fucked that up. But and then in the footage, Brad Pitt's character sees he's like, oh, they're laughing at him. And then and Jonah Hill's like, yeah, and he's about to find out why. Because he hit the ball six feet or 60 feet over the fence or whatever the amount was. And so you see this moment where, like, this guy is being told by the first base uh, player, like, hey, dude, you hit it over the fence. Like, you're good. Take the home run. And um, so this guy is a bigger guy. He's He's the underdog of this team he's rounding the bases dude and he's and he's having that moment and then brad pitt lets out the line how can you not be romantic about baseball and look dude i gotta be honest with you like i said in the beginning i'm not a sports guy i'm not but like one thing sports brings out is like it could be the perseverance of a person you know the 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 wants to be great maybe not maybe you're not looked at as a great maybe you're looked at as average maybe you're looked at as the underdog and you're like and you do something possibly in your career that whether it was big to the game or even just big to you it was big right and when he utters that line like how could you not be romantic about baseball dude that fucking ah the way it's given the way he says it it fucking chokes me up. It gets me every time because of what the movie represents to me and that line. And, like, I mean, dude, you could equate that to everything. I mean, even skateboarding when, like, dude, I remember having shitty days, shitty weeks of, like, not landing tricks. not do, And, like, I land a trick just one. And that shit just carries me, dude. Oh, dude, I missed the fucking feeling of that. Like, I would land a trick. And I fucking, I shit you not, man. This feeling, I don't even know what to compare it to because I haven't felt it with anything else. But it's like, it's the best feeling in the world, man. This feeling, I mean, fuck. It's like, it's not even like, I wouldn't call it like euphoria. I'd call it like this just accomplishing piece. This like. I don't know, man. And it kind of falls like with the uh, with the body and the and the brain. It's like it's this man. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but like feeling it is like no other. I mean, you can see it when you see like I see I see some kids skating on Instagram or like uh, some people who are just starting skateboarding and like they're doing stationary kickflips. Like they're not moving. They're just standing on their board on the concrete. And they'll and they'll hit a kickflip and they'll land it, dude. And the feeling and the emotion they give off, it's a fucking drug is what it is, dude. And that's why, like, you'll see these dudes still, you know, 30s and 40s still skateboarding, man. Because, like, the feeling that it gives you is, it's insane, man. It's better than, like, well, I guess it might, I guess I could equate it to, like, an accomplishing feeling of, 
maybe something you didn't think you could do, right? You ever been in that situation where like, I don't think I can do this, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to try. And like, yeah, you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail. And then you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail and you'll fail. But then dude, right when you think shit is going to get like any worse or couldn't get any worse, I'm sorry. You fail and you fail and you fail and you fail again. This is fucking skateboarding, dude. This is the fucking truth. And then when you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to just go for it. And you land it, dude. I mean, and, and and you feel it. You feel everything work together. God damn it, dude. If they could sell that in a product, I would buy it every day. I would be addicted. I'd be a fucking junkie for that shit. It is the best feeling in the world. And... You know, when he says that line, I know exactly what he's saying, you know, like, how could you not be romantic about the thing you love? You know what I mean? Like, how could you not? It's, it's, it's the greatest, you know? And, um, man, it's, it's top, it's top five, dude. It's in there. Like, if it's not five, it's like, it's fucking number three or something. It's so good. It's just one of those movies, man. And and I identify with those fucking movies so much, those underdog movies, man, because that's 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 what I've always felt, man. I've always felt like that. And um I love these movies. They give me some sort of like they give me you know, they give me a hope and and, and I love that, dude. I love that with movies and I love that with music, um, where it it might be explaining what you feel or what you go through, but then it gives you that like, but it's okay. Like if you don't win, if you don't lose, it's fine. Like, I mean, especially music, man, that's, that's fucking everything. Cause it's music is there for every feeling you got, you know, like that's the best fucking thing. And, um, yeah, dude, I mean, if you haven't seen it and if you, <laughs> I hope I didn't ruin it if you if you decided to stick around. But look, I'm underselling it. That's the thing. What my perspective is on, on this movie is a complete undersell because when you watch it, you might see it in a different way. It is worth fucking checking out. I promise you. It's on Netflix right now. It's always on and off there. So if by the time you listen to this, it's not wait a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure it'll be on there again or find it, dude. It's 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 good, man. It's um I mean, watching that movie makes me think, like, how could you not be romantic about movies? You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, do I have a little treat for you. Every now and again, I come through with these little treats, all right, just to sustain your thirst and your hunger. And, do do I got a good one? Okay, so back in, like, episode... Dude, you know I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Episode 64, maybe 65. I don't know. Um, uh, I got this letter from, at the time I didn't know, but it was uh, a previous, uh, well, really one of the first people to live in the house I was currently living in, right? And so this all came at such a weird fucking time because like... um, you know what, now that I'm, th- I probably got the days, or no, maybe it is the right, I don't know, anyways, like, there's this show called The Watcher on Netflix, 
And I think I got this letter at the same time I was kind of watching. Yeah, yes, we were. That's right. We were watching this show called The Watcher. And, you know, it. I don't want to go into too much detail. Maybe I did on that episode, but it's a good fucking show. You should watch it on Netflix. It's great. But something that in the show that has to do with my real life situation is that these people were getting letters to their homes uh, from a supposed watcher telling them that like what they're doing in the house is all wrong and it's messed up and they shouldn't do that. Um, kind of like a very uh, pissed off HOA, if you will. But I get this letter, man. And I dude, for for a second, I'm deceased inside. You know, my normal outside self is like, you know, paralyzed inside crumbled to ash it's deceasedness in there okay i'm dead i i kind of panic i go oh fuck it's it's that boy they call the watcher because dude i grab the letter and just like a you know just like a perfect camera angle i go to the kitchen i'm holding just the letter i open it and what do you think i pull out all right what do you think i pull out like nice you know, uh, I guess the, the equivalent to like a high thread count of paper, what would that be like? I don't know, high density paper. I don't know, whatever. No, dude, what I pull out is fucking torn out notebook paper. And I am scared, dude. I'm so scared because nothing good has ever been written on notebook paper. I mean, it was, it's folded nice and neatly. That's, that's appreciated. And it was in the envelope all nice. And, um, I don't want to give away the dude's like uh, address or name or anything, but you know he put that there. So at first I was like, okay, like this isn't bad. Uh, he put his info there, and um, but uh, uh, you know to send it, he put family resident at and then the address I was living at. And I go, fuck, dude, what is this? What am I walking into? Okay. Now, at the time I recorded that podcast, I was going to read it on the next episode. But guess what? Uh, I wasn't medicated yet. Your boy was all over the place. I thought I lost the letter. I was pissed. You know, my homie pointed out to me. He's like, where's the letter? I was like, dude, I don't fucking know. You know, it was like Brad Pitt in seven where he was like, what's in the box? And my friend was like, where's the letter? I was like, I don't know. You know, it was, it was, I was, I was bummed. But... Thank you to the new medicated chair who was like, I got to clean my garage so it's fully clean. I found the letter. I hold it in my hand. And I'm going to read it to you now. Now, if you've been a true listener, this is like the day has cometh. Okay. If you're a new listener, then it's just another day for you. Um, and dude, I fucking hope I don't read this like Kid Rock wrote the <laughs> read the letter to Joe Durr. I will be back in a few days. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, fuck, I haven't read out loud in so long. Let's see if I can uh, pull this off without looking like a joke. Okay. Uh, okay. How did I fold this? All right, son of a bitch, dude. All right. So he dates this, dude. He dates this at the top. It says, uh, July 31st, 2022. You know, this is like... You were coming out of COVID-ish, I feel like, around this time. It had already been kind of like two years, a solid two years at this point. All right, so uh, I guess I'll give you his first name. 
Um, it starts off, my name is Tim. My parents designed and had your home built during the summer of 1952. I was four years old at the time. We moved to Corpus for my father's new work location. We were from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The home had, now I don't know what this is, man. the house had Jaloese windows. I don't know what that is. Because uh, we did not have central AC. The entryway and hallways had ceramic tile floors to help cool the home during the summers. During the summer, my two older brothers moved their twin beds into the breezeway between the main part of the house and the garage. The long rectangular part of the uh, oh yeah of the backyard was used as the neighborhood football field for my friends. Mom would bring us homemade lemonade to help us cool down. We had several... We had several... Oh, China berry trees in the yard. My brothers and I would pick the berries and use slingshots to have wars. Uh, I always lost as... They, as they are six and nine years older than me. Of course, we all graduated from Ray in 1957, 1960, and 1966. I returned to Corpus uh, for high school reunions and Fred's, uh, and friends' funerals. I always drive by and take a photo of the home to share with my middle brother. Sadly, my oldest brother died in 2016. Uh, hold on, let's see. Uh, thank you for taking care of the home and property. Almost forgot, colon. Uh, buried under... This is where I fucking lost it, dude. Because this is where I was like, holy shit, dude. Here it is. Buried under the paint on one of the door jams is 12500 And now, here's where your boy turned into Nicolas Cage. From National Treasure when he read this. 12500 which is what I think it cost my parents for the lot and home build. Regards, Tim. Now, let's break down this letter, okay? Let's break this fucker down. Uh, shout out to Tim, though. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a nice guy. He was four in 1952, uh, making him... A lot fucking older. I'm not going to do the math right now because that's going to be embarrassing for you to see how bad I am. Um, he's a lot older, all right? So, <laughs> dude, first, first things when I read this letter, it was it was fine that he, you know, I mean, he wrote this fucking beautifully, though, because, like, it's in paragraphs and, like, every, I mean, he really, they, they taught him well because, like, this is when school was, like, you had to be good at school, I feel like. Because he wrote this, like, each paragraph has, like, a different subject. So that's pretty cool. Um, so he's going on about the house, uh, what they would do during the summers. Like, obviously, you you haven't been inside my house. But that breezeway he was talking about uh, was then, like, covered and became, like, a whole, like, new room. And it was an office and all that stuff. Um, let me see. Uh, another thing that I kind of felt that was weird when I read this letter was... Where was it? Oh, he goes, mom would bring us. 
Like mom has a like I would feel like you put my mom would ring, right? But mom kind of makes it sound like she's my mom too. Creepy. I'm living in I'm living in his world. Uh mom would ring us lemonade to help us cool down. We had several okay, yeah, yeah. Um Let me see, okay. And then this is sad, right? Because I return a corpus for high school reunions and friends' funerals. Like, fuck, dude. Like, why you got to make me think that far in the future? Like, I didn't think of that. But it's like, since I've graduated, like, people have died. And, you know, it is, it's fucked up to think. Because when it, like, I also found my high school yearbook. And when I was, like, looking through it, I was like, holy shit. Like, that person's dead. Like, this person died. Like, it's crazy to think that, like. It's not crazy to think people die. That's what we do. But, like, it's just crazy to think, like, eventually if we all get lucky enough to get older, uh, we will be attending people's funerals that we went to school with one time if we're that cool. But the fucked up thing is it'll be kind of like a Facebook invite at that point. They're like, as you're looking on your uh, Apple (laughs) VR headset, you're like, oh, I just got the news. So-and-so died. Like, yeah, but we could digitally be there. That's going to be the fucked up thing, right? Uh, and then he goes on to say his brother died, which is fucking, again, so sad. Like, this guy has let me into his life. I felt like I was I was kind of there. That's weird. Um, now, let's talk about the part, right? He starts off buried under the paint, okay? Right there, I was like, okay, somebody died here. And he buried him in the walls, and they covered him in paint. And I'm fucking scared. Uh, but then he goes... Uh, on one of the door jams is twelve thousand five. Um, then I'm like, I'm Nicholas Cage, National Treasure, or also Gone in sixty seconds. You know, he they hit a fortune of twelve thousand five hundred. I'm rich. No, it's just information on what the house cost. The house and the land was twelve thousand five fucking hundred. Dude, greatest generation ever, dude. Okay, but I'm pretty sure minimum wage. Let's see what the minimum. Let's fucking check it out, dude. And I think I did check this even on the app, the old app. But we're going to do it now. We're going to update this, dude. What was the average income? 1952, guy. That's when he said he moved here. Okay, the median average income of persons with money incomes. I mean, those are the only people who have them, right? Um... In 1952, holy shit, dude, it was estimated at $2,300 uh, or about $100 or 5%. Dude, $2,300 a year? That can't be real. That can't be real. Hold on. Ugh, guy. Crazy dude. So if their house cost twelve thousand five hundred plus the land, which is a steal now. I mean, I think that house now is going for uh close to two hundred thou with the land. I mean, because it, it was a huge property, I'm not gonna lie. Um it was a, a very huge property. I mean, it was it was uh, difficult for me to maintain sometimes. It was fucking, it was huge. And um, the house was, you know, big itself. So all in all, I think it's about, I'm going to say 175 to 200 that I can think of right now minimum. Up from $12,000, dude. 
that that was a good time because now, I mean, fuck, you either have to own a bank. I don't know to buy that property. Not really, but, you know, it's it's getting out of control. But, uh, yeah, dude, that's what the letter was. That's what he had sent me. And for the first couple of days I got this letter, I couldn't sleep right because I was like, he took a photo of the house I'm living in. Doesn't sit right with me. I get it. It's his childhood home. He looks at it. He just thinks back to a time. And I, and I know it brings back memories. Um, I do. I mean, I don't do that with the house I grew up in, mainly because my uncle lives there and like I can just go there whenever I want. But um, <laughs> it, it was a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. I was a little... I was a little creeped out. Didn't I didn't sit right with me. Plus, I had just watched that show. So, yeah, I was kind of like not okay with it. But um, nothing's come from there. And uh, I thought about after a t- after time had passed and he had murdered me, I was like, I made, should I write a letter back and be like, cool, thanks, dude. Um, I don't know, like to, to write a letter, right? I don't know. I, I was like, you know what, I think uh, I think my family, like, investigated and found him on Facebook or some shit. And, because um, that's what you do now. You know, we're all, like, small. We're all, like, those alcoholic detectives or those private eyes that are just like, I'll take any gig. I need the money. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, they found him, I think. And, uh, but, you know, we weren't going to reach out to him. It's, it's, it's fine. I wonder if he still does that. Like, you know, nobody's living in that house right now, but. Like, I wonder if he still, you know, does that. That'd be fucking interesting. I have to go check. I gotta go check the mail and see. Or how did he know we were there? I don't know. But I don't know, man. Um, so that was the letter, man. They, the guy reached out. It was... It was what it was, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish off these last couple thoughts here. Before I end the pod. Um, so one thing I've been doing lately, I don't know why, but it's a new fucking favorite thing of mine. I have been listening to my favorite songs in slowed or, and or reverbed. Okay. Now you're thinking, what are you talking about? What does that mean? It's for those who don't know, it's kind of like they chopped and screwed my, uh, my alternative music, <laughs> you know? I didn't think I was going to like it, dude. But when you hear Jimmy Eat World's uh, The Middle slowed and reverbed, you're like, this is a whole different fucking song. This is incredible. And that's why I'm like so addicted to it right now is because a lot of the songs that I love, I've heard them in their regular speed and it's all great and it's all good. But dude, in the slowed version, they sound like completely different songs. And Blink, especially, um, a lot of their songs slowed down, sound almost like Cure songs, you know, which is kind of cool. They're almost like slower, like, they're not very gothic sounding as you think, like, the, but the Cure wasn't even very gothic sounding at all, too. It, it kind of reminded me of, like, Happy Goth, and that's what I would kind of categorize the Blink songs in, in that. But, like, you can look up almost any band and just type in slowed or slowed and reverbed. I gotta say... I like the fucking songs more. Like I kind of hear more stuff in like guitar, the drums, bass, whatever, like the vocals, like some of the vocals come out a lot clearer. You can actually hear what they're saying. Um, 
But yeah, dude, like Jimmy Eat World's in the middle, slow down is fucking incredible. Now I think it's f- hilarious that like, although in the rap world this is you know called chopping and screwing, you know where they like slow the record down and they like do parts repeated. I gotta be honest with you, I can't fucking stand a minute of that shit. Like I, I know that if you're stoned out of your mind or you're fucking drank up and drank out, like I'm pretty sure that sounds cool. But dude, sober. I want to fucking jump out a window when I hear that. Like, you cannot seriously listen to that just regular speed. Like, no, it's incredible. But this, because they don't, like, screw it up, if you will, they don't, like, repeat parts. It's just slowed down. Like, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I think it's it's a new way to listen to music. And then you think slow songs already, like, they wouldn't slow down slow songs? Fuck that, dude. They're on top of that shit. They're slowing that shit down, and I'm there for it, dude. Adam's song by Blink, slow already? Guess what? Slow, They slow that shit down, and I love it. And it's it doesn't... What's cool is, like, the vocals, you can kind of tell it's them still. Um, but it's... I don't know, man. It's, like, darker. I like that. I don't know. Um... So if you're tired of hearing your regular songs slow uh, at regular speed, dude, type it in on YouTube and see if somebody has uh, has uh, slowed it down for you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's fucking interesting. At least, like, give it, give it a U or a, or give it a tube. All right, a little shorthand. Um, oh, dude. Okay, I had a, I had a, a brain thought. A fart thought or whatever you want to call this. You can steal this idea. This is open for <laughs> this is open to steal. But I was like, um, at times I'll find myself like questioning existence, right? Why are we here? What are we doing? Um, is it somebody's like destiny to like pour coffee in a cup, you know? But is it also their destiny to become an actor? I don't think that's real either because they're kind of both made up, if you will. Like, acting's a made-up thing, but also, like, giving people, like, making coffee for people is what we made up as well. Because, like, you know, over years, hundreds of years, it, it turned into, like, that. But, like, nobody thought to look at coffee beans. It was like, let's make this into a fucking franchise, guy. Like, they're in the middle of the jungle. They're like, Dude, these coffee beans will be sick for, like, a 13-year-old girl to get in a frat, like, eventually. You know? No, it was like, it's all made up, right? So when you have those existential crises, and if you don't, I'm fucking happy for you. Like, congratulations, I'll get you balloons. But if you're me and you're caught in an ex- existentialism buzzle, a buzzle bubble, you go like, oh, fuck, where do I go from here, right? Well, the solution, there is a dating app for fucking everybody, right? You, if you're Jewish, if you're black, if you're, uh, like, short, uh, <laughs> I don't know, if you're tall, Whatever, they got it for everybody and everything. They're like, fuck, trying to find somebody. This is where you'll score for sure, right? You like the color green? We have the dating app for you. Dude, I finally have the idea. A dating app that will pair you together with other people who question life just as much as you do. I mean, what perfect way to go. Like, it is the no-holds-bar, no-strings-attached type dating, okay? It's like, hey, we're only here for the moment technically, so let's just make the best of it, and then possibly I'll leave in the morning and never call you again, but that doesn't really matter because why are we all here? You know, it's perfect, dude. I see no, I see zero flaws in this plan, all right? You question existence, 
let's match you up with somebody who does as well. You guys can freak out together, you know, talk about how you don't smoke weed because you already think about shit too much. It is, um, you know, in my personal opinion, the perfect dating app, you know? So y'all can have that panic together of like, fuck, like, am I really supposed to be a dog walker? Or was I supposed to like finish college and become an engineer, you know, type shit? Um, you know, and then also think about days where you're, you're pissed off about something, but then you like picture yourself and you zoom out of the earth and it's like, you're nothing. And then they zoom out of the universe and you're like, absolutely nothing, but you're having a fucking tough Wednesday. You know, that's what this dating app is for. Uh, and the name of it is existential romanticism. There you go. It's a working title. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, um, yeah, dude, this is the shit I think about. Trust me, when you're off doing your job and, like, probably a lot of important shit, my mind just goes, hey, what if this happened? Or what if this existed? And it's a joke and it's a bit or it's something, man. That's the shit that happens to me. Last but not least, definitely not the least, dude. Okay? And then I'll wrap up the pod after this. This is the ender because I think and I thought about this. I heard the song. And I go, dude, we're just like animals, you know? We we want to, like, pick ourselves t- uh, higher on the food chain, whatever. We're not. Because I have been in bars, mainly bars, like very little clubs, but bars, to when this song comes on, dude. And look, you know what? Let me see if I can give you a little taste. If I can give you a taste, that's great. And let's see what happens to your emotions as I play this fucking... As I play this track. So when I'm in a bar and rarely a club, when you hear the intro to this song, dude, I guarantee you, you lose your shit. Let's see if we can get it. All right, we're going to cut it off right there because we don't know music rights. Um, now, let me tell you something. I'm going to stop you right there. If you're female right now, you, whatever you were doing, if you were driving, you fucking pulled over really quick, parked your car, and was about to drop that thing. okay? I know this. This is a fucking scientific fact that that was about to happen. If you're a guy, you know, and you're straight. <laughs> you heard that. And like a fucking lion looking at the watering hole. You saw the gazelles. You're looking straight down. And you're like, oh, I'm about to eat. You know what I'm saying? Because you're looking at the watering hole or the dance floor. And you're seeing these fucking women drop that shit. You're like, oh, yeah. Like every fucking caveman lizard brain type shit goes I need to make a baby tonight, dude. That's what it does. I'm sorry if that if that offends you, but it's the truth, dude. Because just like that is the female mating call, dude. I dude, back that ass up is the human mating call. No other fucking song. I I I, I dare you to name another song that has made more babies than this fucking song. Because once it plays in the bar, dude, and or club. It is like you can't stop it, dude. It's like the flies that fly into that fucking into the the bug zapper. Just like 
it's a genius idea because the, the 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 moths or the flies or whatever are attracted to the light and they it is everything in their instinct to go to the light and they will die just like back that ass up what plays it is fucking animal instinct for women to go i need to fucking drop my ass to this song right now and let me tell you something since the fucking seventh grade or sixth grade whenever i first heard this song and whenever i saw it first time i am so appreciative of it you know what i'm saying i'm glad juvenile uh manny fresh and lil wayne made this song because it is the anthem for matey dude it's just it's just what it is and and we want to we want to say we're higher up on the food chain but i fucking guarantee you just wait for that song dude anytime and you'll see what happens dude it's like lambs to a slaughter. It's fucking gonna happen, you know. And uh, <laughs> there should be like a, a national ge- uh, like a geographic. Like you see, that's what they need to do. National Geographic has lost everybody's interest because yeah, we get it. The lion fucking stalks his prey, and the owl fucking scoops up the mouse, dude. But I want to see National Geographic be like, we're in downtown Austin, and uh, things are getting kind of hot at the bar. We've got John, and he's he's been rather orny. Not horny, but orny. And it's about 1.58 a.m., and he's looking to take something home tonight as the DJ plays this song. And then they'll fucking cut to it. Oh, dude, I mean, that's it, dude. He, like, uh, and John, as soon as the music plays, sees a female participant, but proceed to drop her trunk low. Now, this sends off signals in John's mind. Now, watch, watch, John. He's going to order a shot because he has to be a little bit more drunk to approach the woman. Now he's honed in. He's going to approach her from behind. This is typical of the males. They'll go behind the females and then thrust. And if the female rejects him, he knows he must go home alone and thus pleasure himself inside the sleeve of his favorite jacket. But if the female is willing, he might have a chance to mate and have some offspring in the late fall. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, man. It will, they need to shoot that fucking, because it's just true. Um, <laughs> it will happen, dude. Um, and you know what, I guess, to, to end it, because this is something I did want to do, um, <laughs> to truly end it. I'm ending on this, but um, I just want to really quick uh, look up the lyrics for it. All right, Um because I, I just think it's great how he didn't really rhyme anything. He just said, yeah, a lot. Uh, so it's, girl, you're working with some ass. Yeah, you bad, yeah. Make an N-word spend his cash, yeah. His last, yeah. Hose from when you pass, yeah. They mad, yeah. You're going to ride in the Jag, yeah, with that head. You could smoke or buy a bag, yeah, of grass, yeah. I'm a big timer N-word, yeah. Pull the trigger, yeah. I play a hate a flipper, yeah. <laughs> Great Philly, yeah. I'll be slanging wood, yeah. Out the hood, yeah. Let it be understood, yeah. It's all good, yeah. Got an N-word scheme in large, yeah. On the hard, yeah. 
a smooth little broad, yeah, from out the projects. I'm assuming that's how he rhymed it. An N-word do a trick, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a weird bar, but all right, I'm going to go ahead and say it. An N-word do a trick, yeah, on the dick, yeah. <laughs> you claiming you want a picture, that ain't, that ain't shit, yeah. That N-word with the money, yeah, don't act funny, yeah. Got birds and I'm running, yeah. About a hundred, yeah. Dude, I love reading lyrics how they were not supposed to be intended to be read. Um, but yeah, man, fucking, this is a national anthem of our mating song, dude. This is guaranteed number one banger in the bar, in the club. You're out there, you're looking to mate and 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 have some offspring in the fall. This is the song to do it to, man. <laughs> But man, that's gonna do it for me. This is this has been a fun episode for me, man. I fucking I don't know. I think I'm gonna do more of this. I'm gonna write down a lot more rant. This is the shit I think about, dude. Straight up, like fuck a topic. What's going on in my head is to me interesting enough. So, um, I appreciate you listening again this week. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, like, subscribe, uh, rate, review, do what it is you got to do. I appreciate you, and I'll see you on the next one later. <laughs>